Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good morning. Welcome. This is Errol McLinden, Mindset and Project Coach. This is Leap, my show that is on second and fourth Mondays at 11 o'clock. I think in past broadcasts, I've been saying it's every other Monday, but last month was a five-week month. So I've been away for, uh, feels feels like forever, because I talk to you every other week, and I had an extra week thrown in there. Uh, Threw some of my listeners off, and I apologize for that. Several people said to me, Aren't you on next week? I am not. It's on a uh, it's on a calendar schedule, not a, uh, a a regular timeline schedule, if that makes sense. But thanks for joining me today. I have a really exciting show today uh, that was prompted by uh, some real life exist- uh, situations happening with four of my eight clients, and it made me realize that now is about the time to talk about uh, changing directions. My background is I am trained through IPEC. I have a coaching certification. Uh, I work with people who are working on long-term projects, one year, two year. Uh, in the uh, if, in the uh, instance of a person doing a, a lavender farm, that's a three-year project because the farm don't, won't produce commercially for three years. So what I do is a little bit unusual in the coaching community. I heard from a listener, uh, Joe, who is starting his own coaching practice, is going to be wonderful at it because he's got a very unique uh, and very applicable background for the area he's planning on going into. But with most people interested in coaching, you will be, if you are listening to this, uh, just a note, you will be working with clients usually on a month-to-month basis or maybe a three-month basis, but it would be rare uh, to work with someone over a year. I do that because I tie in more to a project. And that is why this is so applicable today is what happens if that project changes. And this can happen a number of times, whether you're working with a coach or not, if you get started on a project on your own, suddenly having it change and disappear. So that's my background. Um, I work with uh, people face-to-face. I work with people over Skype and over the phone. Uh, today's program is an interactive program, uh, it meaning that you can call in at 646-716-9397 and talk to me on the air. Uh, hit one on your phone, on the uh, keypad on the screen when you get in uh, to come into the, the broadcast. If you're listening to this archived after the program, uh, you can definitely get in touch with me at errol.maclinden at gmail.com. And I love hearing from people, uh, whether you have a project that you're interested in working on, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I offer two hours of free coaching to anyone with a project, uh, just if you're interested in how feasible it is and sort of giving some beginning steps on how to proceed into that project. Um, I'm not going to try and sell you a book. I'm not going to try and sell you audio files. I merely love talking to people who have projects in mind uh, to see how realistic they are. The other side of that that is selfish on my part is I meet people 
who may have things that I can offer to people I'm coaching. I can put people in contact. I like to think of myself as a linchpin, as a, as a connecting point for people, for my clients, for friends. Um, you never know where I'm going to find some combination that allows me to introduce two people and make it beneficial for the both of them. So that's who I am. And I started out my practice uh, three years ago working with the transgender community and with caregivers, both family caregivers and professional caregivers, nurses. I work in the Chicago area. I work as a communication specialist at five medical schools. I've just been hired as a adjunct faculty teaching in Gary, Indiana uh, in family medicine. And I have just been hired to put together a program of communication training skills for physician assistants at Dominican University in the Chicago area. So that's what I do. And in my spare time, I work with about eight clients um, who are project oriented. They, they are either filmmakers, uh, performers who are putting together one person shows. Um, I work with a couple of people who are out of work, but when I work with out of work people, uh, I work more from the prospect of this is an opportunity to do exactly what you want to do. I work with a couple that have a relationship, but they also have big projects, a nonprofit against gun violence and a ministry, music ministry that's being developed. So all of these things are what I do. My radio show is called Leap, and it is because it is for anyone who is has taken a leap or is about to take a leap or is thinking about taking a leap, is frightened of taking a leap. But my whole motto is take the leap and grow your wings on the way down. What we'll be talking about today is people, when you take a leap and you discover at some point during that process of growing your wings and moving toward a final project, that things have changed either externally or internally. So this is where a calm strategy comes into play. Let's talk about first why reasons, reasons that your strategy or your goal may change. There can be personal upheavals in your life. Nothing is 100% predictable. Things can happen. Your spouse may have a job change that takes them to another location. Your spouse may have a job fall out from under them that means a new income challenge for you and your family. Um, you may have a tragedy in your life or a, a, I have one client who's had a new baby come into their life. Um, to their, to their uh, uh, credit, it actually did not change anything. They're still on their track, but it could have, and it could still they could look back in a week or two or a month or two and say, you know, things have changed with this baby. It's a first baby. So there are things that they may not have realized that make, make this progress toward a goal entirely different. And you'll notice that at no point during this do I say make a goal unobtainable. I will always use the terminology make the goal different or make the goals shift or change. I'm a big believer in forward progress, constant forward progress throughout your life. I am one that believes that when I have my final day on earth, whenever that may be, I want to be in the middle of doing a lot of new and progressive and forward moving things. I do not want to have settled into complacency or satisfaction or acceptance. And I encourage that from my clients. The most exciting way to live your life is to constantly be growing, changing, and moving toward a goal. So personal things can come up that suddenly change the environment and the atmosphere around a project. It can be a positive thing. One of the things that you can find in making progress toward a goal is that other opportunities come into your consciousness. You meet people, you're out and you're active and you're interactive. And because of that, 
a new opportunity may present itself to you that you never envisioned before, totally different from the program, the process that you are going toward. And this is a big reason I don't like to ever use the term giving up a, a project. It just shifts. In one of my first shows, I talked about emotional goals. You're not working toward a concrete goal of, I want to write a book. I want to start a lavender farm. I want to uh, have my own product line on Etsy and in stores all over Chicago. It's good to have that as a concrete image of where you would like to go. But the emotional goal is how you're going to feel when you achieve that goal. Are you going to feel comfortable, at peace, fulfilled, accomplished, proud? There are many different things that can come into your life that can give you those same emotional goals. So it gives you permission to take one goal and say, hey, that's not where I want to go anymore. I found this new thing. Opportunities happen all of the time. I have a client who was wanting, who her goal was to work in a school, teaching, all kinds of, uh, an, an offer came in. It wasn't exactly her goal, but it did fulfill emotional goals, so she accepted it. Coming right behind that offer was an additional offer from the same school to work in another area, which was exactly the area she wanted to get into. So sometimes there are sidesteps that actually do move you toward your goal. The other thing that can happen, and I talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, is in your project, you can become overwhelmed. It can overwhelm you, and you may want to downsize the project or change the project a little. All of these are reasons for what I call a mid-flight change, not a mid-flight abandonment, not a mid-flight desertion. When a patient, uh, when a patient, sorry, my medical school stuff is slipping in. When a client comes to me and says, I don't want to do this anymore, my first question to them is, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I do all I can to keep someone from giving anything up without having somewhere else to go, a new vision in mind. And sometimes it's very drastic. I just had that happen with a client. And rather than saying, oh, my goodness, you're deserting this, you're giving this up, my immediate response is let's revamp and see how this new goal comes to mind. I always, in the, the four clients that I have had that have come to me needing to change, their attitude when they sit down with me to tell me that they need to change or want to change or have to change is one of failure, apologies, apologetic uh, of being uh, humbled, and basically a feeling that they aren't achieving their goal. It would be wonderful if every project we started flew through beginning to end with no stumbling blocks. The reality is, if that happens, your project isn't big enough and it's not challenging enough. I wish for you minimal challenges and, and stumbling blocks and potholes but welcome those. So talking about the whole idea of not giving up. In times of stress and in times of tension, we are human beings and our nature is to go to what I call level one energy, and that is victim energy. I have an assessment tool I used to use, and I really quit using it simply because it, the, the, the outcome was the same every single time. The numbers may be a little different, but basically it said that in times of calm where everything's going fine, our energies are, are in several different spots, and they're, they're negative energies, that's victim and fighter, and then there are positive energies of let's let me win, let someone else win, let us both win. Winning isn't important. It goes on up the scale. But in every single assessment I gave people on the in the area that assessed how your energies shifted 
in stressful or tense situations. In every one I gave, the the victim level shot way up. So did the fighter level. So it's human nature that when things start going tough, our first reaction is to curl up in a ball and to hope things just go away, just wait it out. You know what? That is a very valuable thing to do, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You need that time, but you don't want to stay there forever. But it's very normal when somebody's working on a large project, if there are a couple of setbacks, for them to say, oh, my goodness, I just want to let it go. I just want to let it go. And usually that's when the worst decisions are made because all ties are cut. Everything is stopped. Everything is cut off. Customers don't get called. Um, um, Projects work. Daily tasks and projects don't get done. It's abandoned. It's deserted. It's a normal thing to do. Now, by making a rule in your life that if you've decided because of outside influences, inside influences, new opportunities, that you no longer want to pursue a project, you no longer want to write that book, you no longer want to have that one person show, you no longer want to pursue a teaching career, you no longer want to pursue a job as a creative writer, that's wonderful. But that same energy that you were pushing toward those objectives need to be redirected to a new objective. Take this time right now just to remind you this is a call-in show. If you have any questions, comments, challenges, would like a little on-air coaching, my number here is 646-716-9397. Remember to hit that one or you'll sit in the ethers forever. And if you are listening to this show after the fact – uh, as a digital uh, archived broadcast, I still want to hear from you. Email me at errol.mclinden at gmail.com. Uh, I love to hear what your questions are. If there's something in my program that isn't, isn't clear, vague, or you want more details on it, please get in touch with me. Uh, I do this show, and I, I can't stress this enough, I do this show not to get clients. I do this show because I hope that some of the strategies that I work with my clients on every day can help other people out there achieve their project, their greatness, their passion. And that is only that is the reason I do this. So if there is something that isn't hitting home because your project is so unique and so personal, um, please get in touch with me by email. I would love to talk to you. And if you do want some on-the-air coaching uh, or have a story to tell, I would love to invite you on as a guest. All right. So here's the steps in the process of going into and out of a mid-flight change. First, downtime is the first step. Honor it. Be true to it. Next, restructure. And finally, embrace the new. Okay? So it's downtime, restructure, and embrace. Downtime is very important. A lot of people try and combine that. So you get this this bolt of lightning, whether it's a, a family tragedy that says, I can't pursue this anymore, or a family change or a personal change that says, I can't pursue this project anymore, or it's a new project that comes into your existence. Before you make that short jump to the new project and shift around, take whatever time you need within reason to grieve to clear your mind, to rethink where you are and where you're going. Now, this is not restructuring time. This isn't time for planning and coming up with tasks and coming up with uh, the direction you want to go next. This is down time. Now, the things I accept from my clients as down time are binge-watching TV, reading a book, 
for pleasure, not for planning. Staring into space, walking by the lake, any of these things, walking the mall, these are all things that my clients have chosen to do in their downtime, playing video games. It is pure downtime. You may be going through, for instance, if you are job hunting and you have decided to shift your focus on job hunting, if you are in a relationship and you've decided that that's going to shift or change in some way, if you are working toward a project and something stops you, you have to go through a period of downtime. You can call it grieving. You can call it clearing your head. You can call it rebooting, defragging, whatever you want to call it. But it has to be, in its purest form, downtime. Now, what do you do in downtime? You do nothing. You do nothing other than the things that clear your mind. You've come out of a very intense period of forward progress. If you're doing it effectively, you are doing tasks every day that have moved you toward this goal. And even if it's only been for three weeks or a month, there's going to feel you're you're going to feel like there is an investment of time and energy toward this direction. And the first thing people say to me is, I wasted my time on this. Here's my experience over a vast number of years. There have been many times in my life where I felt like I wasted my experience, my coaching, my training. Uh, I would do work, take workshops. I would go to school. I would take jobs. And I came out of a lot of those saying, you know what? It was a waste of my time. In retrospect, looking back now over those, I can pinpoint each and every, quote, waste of time, unquote, and find things that I brought out of it that were pertinent to my life today, that made me a better coach, a better actor, a better person. So nothing is a waste of time. When you're up very close to it, absolutely, it can feel that way. I just put six months in moving toward this project, and now someone's offering me to come in on a startup with them, and my project's going by the wayside. It wasn't a waste of time. I have a very strong belief in intuitive guidance. You can call it God. You can call it a higher coach. You can call it whatever. But I believe we all have an inner voice that guides us. And it doesn't mislead us if we'll listen to it. So when this change happens, I'm having to ditch this. Take whatever amount of time. And remember, I said within reason. This is not something I expect you to do for two years. Average usually is a week or two, but if it's a very traumatic or dramatic change, you may need a month. There's no right or wrong answer on the amount of time you need, with the exception of you've got something waiting in the wings. So you don't want to give so much time to the downtime that what is waiting in the wings disappears or becomes more difficult to achieve. Keep your eye on where you're going next. So downtime is exactly what it's supposed to be, downtime. After downtime, we get into how to restructure. Now, the tendency is to try and salvage pieces from the past project. And you may very well be able to do that. But it's hard to cobble together a new project with the pieces of the past project. It's easier to look at the new project as something absolutely new and see if there's a way of doing everything new. Now, that's not saying avoid natural progress from your other project that may feed into this. In many cases, you have a new project because someone recognized the project you were working on and said, hey, what you're doing over here, I've already got over here. 
and I'd like for you to come with me and and help me build what I'm doing because I happen to be about six months ahead of you on this, or I happen to have a $500,000 budget on this. For whatever reason, you're moving over to something new. And that is the key word. You're moving to something new. So when you do restructuring, after your downtime, with no bleeding over back and forth, no fading together, you set your day and you say, okay, now is the day I am going to Im- include this new project in my life. And when you do that, do it just like we. Uh, one of my first episodes is, is how to know your passion and how to launch into your passion. Uh, I'm not going to reiterate a lot of that today, but what I will say Once you have a very clear vision of this and you have included everything that this project looks like, all the aspects of the the various things that need to be done in this project, bring it back down to what are you going to need to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day to do this project. By hanging on to an old project, I don't care how similar it is to the new project, there's a tendency to try to make the new project into the old project. And the reason is because the old project is very dear to you. You spent time and you spent money with it and you spent energy on it. And so there's this feeling of, well, here's what I'll do. I'll make this new project filter into the old project. You've got to make the old project, if there is anything to filter in, you've got to make the old project filter into the new project. So new is the key. You sit down with a piece of paper. You think about this new project. You think about what it's going to look like, feel like, smell like, taste like when you've achieved it. And then you start thinking about, so what is the next actionable item I have to do? What do I need to do today? to move toward that project? What do I have to do tomorrow? This radio show about mid-flight change is the greatest argument I can think of. And it's backed up by four of my eight clients having these changes happen right now in their life to not having a five-year goal. People love five-year goals. People love one-year goals. You've listened to my broadcast, you know I'm big on 13-week goals, a fourth of a year, and then see if you still want to stay on track. And these are usually the points in time, these 13-week points, when you do decide to make a mid-flight change. So that's why working from what do I do tomorrow, what do I do the next day, what do I do the next day works a lot better than where do I want to be in five years, so where do I need to get in two and a half years, where do I need to get in one year, where do I need to get in six months? It is a very backward way of doing it. There's a video that I wish everyone could see, and I'm going to see if I can get any sort of lead on that without being too disruptive of the radio program. I posted it on my personal Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Errol McLendon, but it is the story of a football player who speaks up and says, we will never win this football game. There it is. Uh, Facing the Giants, the movie. So um, this is probably on YouTube, but it is quit underestimating your ability. It is an amazing, amazing example of going forward further and faster by focusing on one step at a time rather than standing at one goal line and looking at the other goal line and say, that's where I've got to be. You don't have to be at the next goal line. You need to be one yard closer to the goal line. Again, this is a uh, call-in program. If you're listening live, 646-716-9397. Hit the one on the keypad when you you get in. If you're listening digitally, uh, archived, or whatever you want to call it, please take my email. It's errol.mclinden. You can see the spelling of my name um, at the top of, at the listing of the show, all lowercase at gmail.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. 
Uh, as I've said before, I've got an agenda of shows all the way up through December, but if someone contacts me and says, hey, I want to know about this aspect of a leap, um, I have no problem with rearranging my shows. Quite possibly, it's something I'm going to talk about. The other thing I do is I change my agenda every now and then because of what's happening in the real lives of my clients, which is exactly why this show is happening right now. So embrace and commit. That's the next step on the, in the process. Embracing and committing. This is a simple uh, step, correct? You've taken downtime, you've relaxed, you've cleared your mind, you've created this whole new thing and you have the steps to do it. And then you embrace it and you commit to doing it. You would be surprised how much residual energy exists from the previous project. Many people keep in the back of their minds this belief that when this new project is finished, you can go back to the old project or there's some way you can keep sort of playing with it on the side and maybe it will build up. It is dead to you at the point in time that you commit to the new project. And the reason being is you will always be trying to find a way for the old project to come back or to fit into the new project. It will dilute and influence in a negative way the choices and the decisions you make in the new project. A 100% commitment to the new project now, I won't say there aren't residual things that have to be done in the old project. There may be clients you have to, to see for another two or three months if that is the type of project it is. I don't advocate just cutting things off. In your planning and strategy sessions, you can look at your list of scheduled activities, and you can say, oh, I have people that I have committed to all the way up till December 8th. So at this point, I am going to honor all those, but I am not going to book anyone past December 8th. You can decide not to book anything, anyone before December 8th, but you can also decide that, okay, it's going to be December 8th before I can let this go. So I'm going to continue to function on that old path, 100% energy, up until December 8th. I'm going to give it my all so this provides me with income, with, with personal satisfaction till December 8th. When do you do your downtime? Your downtime can be started right away. You can filter it into the nooks and crannies of time around what you're doing in the old project. It's downtime to breathe. It's downtime to let go. Uh, it is like being with someone, it's the difference in being with someone who passes away quickly or passes away slowly. If you are weaning yourself off of the business and you have time to be with it, there's time to accept and acknowledge that loss and that uh, absence in your life over the time while you're still doing the business. Things will naturally wind down to a certain date, and that's an excellent time to do it. When do you start planning the next business? Right away. This is not going to be a clean break. I equate it to trying to look for a job while you have a job. You will have time and energy commitment to your old project, but you can start planning and creating the steps for your new project. And yes, you can even start doing the steps for your new project. When do you embrace and commit to the new project? The actual embracing and committing to the new project is when the old project is ended. December 8th, December 9th, I'm on to the new project. All you should be doing on the old project is cleaning up, is the last remnants of it. What needs to be done to wrap this up? Do I need to get rid of stationery? Do I need to get rid of business cards? Do I need to sublease a space? Do I need to re-record over some of the video that I've been working on? 
there are all kinds of ways that can happen. And there's no set hard and fast rule. The only hard and fast rule is make a, a, a decision that you're changing to something new and let the old go. Know that the, everything you do in the old project is to honor commitments you may have made to others with the old project and to clean up the old project and tie up loose ends. Now, here's an interesting sideline to this that I do want to mention, and that is what happens if you achieve your project early, which happens so many times. And this is not a mercenary thing for me to say this because some people would think, well, you just want to continue getting paid for a year if your client has accomplished what they needed to in three months. And that's not completely the case. I can't say that uh, I'm not interested in continuing to have an income for a year. But there's something deeper inside of it. If I have a client who comes to me with a project and, they, and we determine this is going to take a year, and I've got two clients dealing with this very same thing right now. Um, they came to me with very specific goals in mind. One of them, bingo, immediately achieved that goal and has enriched that even further. And I heard through email that, that she's virtually – reached her goal the other client is so fast uh is, is so quickly arriving at her goal it will never take a full year for it because she's becoming a very recognized uh person in town as a director of a very specific type of theater and that was her goal and she's being called now to direct. She's being contacted to do projects and her projects are being looked at as to be expanded into productions and performances. So I anticipate in the next couple of months, if not even that long, she'll reach that. So what if your goal wraps up and you have achieved it and you're happy and you're satisfied? My belief is that you've shown this incredible burst of energy and where it can go. There are two ways to utilize that and continue to grow and to expand. Number one is find a new project, right? You've already made it to this point. So if you are a recognized director in Chicago, for example, why not be a recognized director in the world? If you are an educator and you have reached this point in your life where you have achieved the level of being an educator that you want to be, why not move that up a level and be the head of a department or a division? That's one direction. The other direction is there are eight areas of our life, and I've mentioned this before, is that when I work with clients, I often ask them to look at these eight areas, even though one of them will be the one that they're really interested in working in. Uh, they don't have a job, so they want to have a job, so we're working toward building a business for them. Uh, they are dealing with relationships, so they want to work on that, so we work on that. But there are other aspects of their life. And I always talk to people when I work with them in one respect. I've got one project I want to do. There are other areas. If we focus entirely on that one project, yes, you'll achieve it in record time. But when you finish it and look around you, there are seven other areas of your life that have not been developed or kept up with it. I work with medical students a lot, and they are absolutely focused on their medical career and uh, because of that, the social aspect often goes by the wayside. Finances go by the wayside. Fun is an aspect that needs to be looked at. Are you having fun? Are you taking time to go out and enjoy yourself? So when a person reaches their goal early, what I do is sit down and say, 
Is there a further step in this? Or are there, let's look at the other areas of your life. Oh, you're a photographer. Well, you, do you, let's, how would you feel about working on that or bringing that into your current project? Oh, you deal with rescued animals. How would you feel about moving forward with that? Or you want a social life. How would you feel about moving forward with that? Because once you've reached this plateau and and succeeded in a project, it makes you more assured of yourself. And it gives you the confidence to move either into other areas or move, move further onto the project. So the, Along the same line of when a, pay, a client comes to me and says, I, I don't want to do this anymore, I will say, what do you want to do? Where are you going? I'm not going to let you give this up like I can make someone not give it up, but I strongly encourage them not to give it up unless they have somewhere to go. Along the same line, if I, through my coaching, start to sense that a client has sort of reached where they want to be, my next question to them is, where do you want to go next? Because you've, you've reached this point. And if I keep coming and we keep talking every other week, and this project is still focused as your project, there's not much to say about other great things that are happening within this area. They're bound to happen just out of, even without pursuing it. But there's also this point of, okay, during this period of growth, during this period of pursuing your goal, what other areas of your life have either been just hanging by the wayside or moving slowly or have moved backwards that you really want to focus on now? The beauty of if that is the project, the main focus, the main passion, the main destination, that's secured. You don't have to think or worry about it. It's, it's running on its own. You're still going to do daily tasks on it, but it opens up a lot of energy and focus that you've been putting on the project to other things. So, and a lot of times the, the project being completed does to answer some of the like financial areas, scheduling areas, things like that. So by all means, take the time to um, look at those other areas and see how those have grown or been affected by the main project. Basically, what I do with people is I set a flight plan. Lots of lots of, of flight cliches and flying cliches in what I do. But we set a flight plan. We take a step off the cliff. They take their leap, and they start on their flan. They're growing their wings on the way down. They don't see all of the steps. They don't know how to fly, but they have a belief that they will fly, and they have a destination in mind. There are always stumbling blocks. There are always roadblocks and stumbling blocks. I would love to tell you they weren't, but listen to anyone who's successful, hear their biography, hear their story, and they will tell you so many times about the difficulties they had getting through to the successes. And sometimes these difficulties change your course. Sometimes these difficulties are overwhelming. They frustrate you. They're, you cannot overcome them. But you're still flying. You're still moving forward. You've established an energy, a belief in your passion, a desire for an emotional um, payoff. So while you're up in the air and you're moving along, all you have to do is change direction. Or you fly so far that you reach your destination, but now you know how to fly. This is a call-in program. Again, just the last little plug-in here. We've got a few more minutes. 646-716-9397. Hit one. If you would like to be on my program as a guest, contact me by email. Let me know your story. Uh, I had a wonderful coaching uh, this last week uh, with uh, an amazing gentleman named Joe, um, who is uh, really inspires me and motivates me and, and reignites my fire when I talk to someone like that who has such a, a, a generous spirit, 
a unique background. So if you have a story and you want to have some coaching, I offer two hours of free coaching. I'm actually trying to connect with Joe to have an extra hour of free coaching because his story has so much potential um, to help him get on track. But if you want to have coaching on your on my show or you have a story about a leap or a leap that didn't work or a leap that changed direction, I would love to have you on as a guest. I'm on every other – I'm on the – Second and fourth Mondays of the month uh, at 11 o'clock Central Time. I offer coaching by phone, by Skype, face-to-face if you're in the Chicago area. I really prefer that. And uh, so let me know. I'm going to strongly encourage you to tune in after this um, at 12 noon, not after this, but tomorrow, the 13th at 12 noon Central Time. Um, and this is going to be a wonderful tie-in to the type of thing I talk about. Brenda Baird and Bill Gurton, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, being open and the potential for success, trusting the universe. Um, and the reason I mentioned that show a little early in this broadcast is I want to address my perspective on that. Um, there is a wonderful audio out there uh, by – Duncan, I believe, called Trusting versus Testing versus Trusting. Um, everybody I work with, everybody I talk to, are usually standing on the edge of the cliff trying to decide whether to take a step off. And this program, because I will listen to this program, being open and the potential for success, trusting the universe. You cannot ever see 100% accurately what the future is going to bring to you. You can take control of it. And one of the things I encourage with all of my clients is accept the things you cannot change, but take control of the things you can. So the the audio that I'm mentioning talks about how a little boy or little girl um, a lot of times will get on a bicycle and ride without knowing exactly how everything works, not envisioning or knowing that he can he or she can do that. Same thing with swimming. A, ba- a child will jump into a pool and splash around. Oftentimes we have to watch them very closely in both those instances because they know no fear. They only know that they want to do that. They want to ride a bike. They want to swim. So when we stand on the edge of the cliff, we want to start a business. We want to have a job. We want a relationship to work out. We want, we want, we want. But as adults, the thing that we lose when we become, I'd say, 13 or 14 years old is we want a guarantee. We want a flight plan. We want a map. We want to know And I've mentioned this before. If you want to be a manager at a coffee shop or a drugstore, I can tell you the names of these places that will take you in hand and they will guarantee that you will be a manager if you do these steps. Right? There, you don't have to worry. You don't have to test anything or trust anything. They're going to do it for you. But in the true entrepreneurial world, in the true world of leaping and taking flight, there is no map. You can find mentors who may have gone the, the way before, and they can give you a lot of information, but it may not apply to you, and I give that a disclaimer. As many times I've had people try and follow, follow mentors' paths and get very discouraged and frustrated because it didn't work the same for them. It's because your unique situation, your unique set of circumstances is so different. Take your mentor's advice find out and think about how it applies to you and move forward. So standing on the cliff, you can test, you can tiptoe in, right? Or you can trust. You can trust the universe to teach you to fly if you make a step. It's a wonderful negotiation. Okay, universe, I'm going to step off this cliff knowing you are going to take care of me. And the universe is going to say, hey, I appreciate the trust you're having in me. As a result, 
I'm going to repay it by taking care of you. I strongly suggest you go back to your childhood days and get excited about your potential project, your potential leap, so much to the point that you can't wait to step off that cliff. You can't wait to take that dive because on the other side of the fear or the questions or the uncertainty that's blocking you is happiness, success, fulfillment, everything you want. And in the course of taking that leap and flying, you decide there's a different course to take. It is not failure. Number one, you wouldn't have discovered this other course if you hadn't taken the leap off the cliff. So please listen tomorrow at 12 noon right here uh, to Brenda Baird and Bill Gurton on this whole idea of being open accepting things and, and intuition and things that pull you toward a project and, and, and how much that opens you up for the potential of success. So, again, contact me if you're interested in coaching, if you have any questions. Uh, I also have a new uh, program, uh, a paper minute it's uh, on uh, uh, my it's it's on my uh, Facebook page. How to get in touch with me? That if you've got a short question um, and you feel like you just need a little bit of guidance on it, uh, you can call in. A lot of times there's a delay in that they, an email has to be sent to me and I have to go online for that. Um, it's three dollars a minute. So and I don't talk long with you. I answer as quickly as possible. If it's a very extensive question, I'll give you my email address and have you send me an email if I feel like it's going to take an extended amount of time for me to research or get back to you on your project. Again, have a wonderful week. Uh, enjoy the weather wherever you are. It's at that time of year where it's shifting and changing. Up here in Chicago, we've got some lovely cool weather. And uh, if you are interested in coaching, get in touch with me. Take a leap. Next week, I will see you. In two weeks, I'll see you at 11 o'clock Central Time right here. Have a lovely day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.